let us pray. Holy Spirit, pour out upon us wisdom and understanding that being taught by you in Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be open to receive all that leads to life and holiness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us listen to God's word for us today. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah and said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken away from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Shortly after his tenure began at Biola University, a pastor stopped Dr. Barry Corey after a speaking engagement. Approaching Dr. Corey on his way out, he said, if I could give you some advice as you start this job, spend more time on what you are for than what you are against. With a smile, Corey said that he would even though he wasn't a bit, uh, he was a bit unsure what the pastor meant by that. For the next few weeks, those words of advice kept looping in his thoughts. Corey could only focus on the many things we need to be against, those sins that need to be overcome in ways that lead to reconciliation and justice. Though this is what consumed his thoughts, Dr. Corey was pretty sure that wasn't the point the good pastor was trying to make. So he tracked down his name and wrote to ask 
him why he had said what he had said to him. He responded to Corey with gentle and kind words of counsel, saying that those outside the church will never be won over by watching evangelicals clad in razor wire, hurling accusations at each other or at the secular culture. The pastor went on to tell Corey that he believed it's a new day for winsome Christian witness without deluded gospel message. The kind life, the receivable life, errs on the side of what we're for rather than what we're against. It was 1991 in Bangladesh as they lived and walked amid overwhelming crowds of people who knew little about Jesus that Corey's father first talked with him about living a life of kindness and making himself more receivable. He said his father's talk was like Elijah's cloak draped over him. Like Elijah, Corey had hoped for more of what his father had, a double portion of the Jesus spirit of kindness. For the past eight weeks, we have been on a journey to rediscover kindness. We have looked at what true kindness is and what it isn't. But more importantly, we have been reminded that to live the, a life of kindness is to live out this calling in obedience. When we first began our journey, you may recall we learned that too often our centers are firm on conviction, but our edges are also hard in our tactics. Or we mistake kindness with niceness, which has spongy centers lacking convention and soft edges that are superficial and often cowardice. True kindness, we have learned, is possessing firm centers and soft edges. Our challenge is living from a Christ-centered core that spills out into a life of kindness. So where do we go from here? How do we live a life that is more receivable, more radically kind? How can the church continue as a vital and engaging witness in the world needed now more than ever? Dr. Corey gives us thoughts to consider on ways we could lead with firm centers and soft edges, on how we might position ourselves away from isolation on the hard center, hard edge side, and conformity on the spongy center, soft edge side. A firm center and soft edges mean we become more involved in culturally unfamiliar. Corey says we may need to think of ourselves more like Daniel as exiles in Babylon than David as citizens in Jerusalem. We need to dismantle our inferiority complex and our mimicking tendencies by articulating ideas that are innovative, and we need to retreat to not retreat to conferences and conversations where all the voices sound like ours. 
He goes on to say, a healthy Christian organization understands the balance of stretching our thinking while respecting our biblical framework. We must be intentional in inviting other voices into dialogue and to present their ideas in a way that is conversational and respectful. We need to dialogue with those of other beliefs or no beliefs at all, because if done with loving kindness, we'll model to others how to dignify those who believe otherwise and how to have a perceptive conversation per, uh, respectfully. Modeling kindness in this way may cause others to see Christ in us. A firm center and soft edges means we approach the growing opposition in our day by showing humility. There's been a shift in the way Christianity is seen by those outside the church. Christians are being seen as increasingly intolerant. Often this depiction is made up of distortions and misinformation more than it is of truth. Unfortunately, though, one reason for this is that our conversations are primarily in-house, and we're not making connections to the wider world as purposely as we could. We must keep ourselves in the mix of relevant conversations by starting discussions and reaching out, taking part in the marketplace of thoughts and ideas with gentleness and respect so that others will listen. The dangers of not doing so are too great. We need, we don't need to be a part of the arsenal. We need to be a part of the conversation. When we behave in this manner, we'll be less defensive and more able to be heard and understood, even if not agreed with. And even though sometimes we must stand our ground, the advantages of opening ourselves to civil debate outweigh the risks of shutting out other voices or of saber rattling. A firm center and soft edges means we fear not when our grace is met with hostility. Last week, we were reminded that sometimes our kindness will be rejected. Some will turn their noses up to the fragrance of Christ's loving kindness that we wear, while others may even attack us with the evil aroma of Satan. But kindness won't back down on speaking out against the rancid aroma in the world. Hatred, racism, violence, exploitation all carry the evil smell of Satan. We need to face these head on as people of God, relying on the Holy Spirit to help us not bend our godly conventions or our firm sinners just to be accepted. To keep our centers firm, our edges soft, we need to remain deeply rooted in biblical faithfulness to truly live the receivable life Christ calls us to. Political advisor turned Christian leader Charles Colson said, Without truth, grace can be deceptive. And without grace, truth can be debilitating. 
to find, to live a kind and receivable life, we must strive to be communities and individuals that forego neither grace nor truth. In John chapter 1, verse 14, we are told Jesus, the word made flesh that made his dwelling among us was full of grace and truth. Not a portion of each, but full of both. The way of kindness means evangelism is at the heart of why we live receivable lives. As we live lives of kindness, we bear witness for Christ in a fallen world. And what an impact we are making as we do. This is evangelism in its essence. Kindness is more than just good deeds that better another's life. Kindness paves the way for new life in Christ. Whoever receives you receives me, Jesus said, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. To live a receivable life will be our highest calling. Living with firm sinners and soft edges is Christ-like servanthood. Barefoot was the position the disciples took as Jesus washed their feet teaching them about being servants and telling them to go and do likewise. Friends, we too are called to remove our shoes when God calls us, not wearing combat boots to stomp on our brothers and sisters or to kick Christianity into the public square, but to be barefoot followers of Jesus Christ. Like Elisha, may we all seek a double portion of our Lord's Spirit so that our lives may be a living testimony to God's loving kindness in the whole world. Amen.